Commonwealth Bank outlines a bumper profit but has a warning for home borrowers. The ASX falls to three-month lows as tech stocks tumble. And Disney Plus makes inroads against Netflix in the ultra-competitive streaming world. It's Friday the 13th of May 2022. Welcome to Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Michael Thompson and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Friday the 13th, John, I know you are someone who loves dates. Do you, do. Uh, are you superstitious at all about today? No, I've never sort of thought Friday the 13th was anything particularly relevant. It doesn't have a run of numbers, you know, 130522. Nah, nothing in that today, I don't think, really. No, I mean, because like Friday the 13th is something that means a lot of things to a lot of people, whereas you like to go for the obscure things that mean very little to very few people. That's right. Just uh, (laughs) obscure patterns in numbers. Now, yeah, can, like that. can I share with you a really good review that has come in for Fear and Greed? This is on Apple Podcasts. A, a yeah. listener going by the pseudonym Cracker Dawn has given us a five-star rating, which is fantastic. And they say, listening since day dot and absolutely love the mixture of insight and banter that makes this show a must listen, which is, that's fantastic. Thank you, Mr. or Mrs. Dawn, Cracker Dawn. But <laughs> yes. they go on to say... What's up with the later upload time on Apple Podcasts recently? Are you guys sleeping in? Well, uh, look, Sean, oh, I know that, that... I wish. Yeah, I, I wish we were too. I know that whenever we get a question about money or business or anything like that, you answer that one. But can I feel this one, please? Because this is something I actually feel qualified sure. to. Sure. When it comes to production, you are the genius in this area. We will always have the podcast out available for you to hear it by 5.30 a.m. It is out every day by that stage, unless there is some major breaking business news that happens right on 5.30 in the morning, it will be available at 5.30 every single day. So if there is a delay, if for some reason you can't find it on your normal listening platform, go and check, perhaps go to Spotify or one of the others, because if there's a delay, I don't mean to just say that to to pass the buck here, but it's not us. It's not us. We will have it out for you every day at 5.30 a.m. That is our solid gold, our rolled gold commitment to you. I sound like a politician, don't I, Sean? You do. You're sounding good. Sounding good. Keep going. All right. Well, that's pretty much it. I've I've made our commitment and uh, now we have to stick to it. And as a result, we have a lot of late nights, very early mornings and not much sleep, but we have the podcast out every day. We do by 5.30 as it turns out. That is that that is right. I think I mentioned that enough times, didn't I? And look, um, Sean, you've got a fantastic chat coming up today after the show. You're speaking. This could be one of my favourite interviews that you've done. Uh, it is with, of all things, the captain of a super yacht, Brendan O'Shaughnessy. Yes, he's European based, though he just captained a vessel from the north of Africa up through Europe. Very proud Australian, trying to get people to actually get into the super yacht game, as in crewing in that sort of area. He says it's a great, great career path for many people. We start, we talk about that, and then we just talk about some of the yachts he's on, which is just voyeurism at its finest. It's great. And the fact that he's actually, he was talking to you from the bridge yeah. of a super yacht. It could not get any better. So that is a that one is an absolute must listen. But before you get to that, we've got a whole podcast to get through, so we may as well get into it because the main story this morning, Sean, is about the Commonwealth Bank. And CBA is growing its home lending book, but not making as much money from it. It's, it's still not doing too badly, though, announcing a quarterly profit of $2.4 billion. 
Yeah, it was a pretty solid result, good enough to send its share price up 0.7% on yet another bad day for the market. Chief Executive Officer Matt Common spent a bit of time talking about the mortgage market yesterday and said competition has really gone too far. Over the past couple of years, people have been buying and selling homes as interest rates fell. There are plenty of players lending money to people for houses, and Mr. Common said some of the deals available just aren't sustainable. If you read between the lines, he's saying there's a bunch of players who will fall away, reducing competition, or mortgage rates will have to rise by at least what the Reserve Bank cash rate rises by, and maybe more. There's a slight silver lining to this. Mr. Common doesn't think the Reserve Bank will have to lift interest rates as much as many market watchers expect, and he thinks that interest rates at the end of this year will be about 1% higher, not 2%, as some people forecast. Therefore, you're talking about standard variable rates, I suppose, of upper threes, lower fours or so, which actually would be much better than the market's pricing in. And Sean, the Commonwealth Bank is is so big with so many people and so much exposure right around the country that, that Matt Common often has some interesting comments to make about the state of the economy. What did he say? Well, things are okay, it seems. He was upbeat about supporting business investment, which is really critical to growth going forward. As you mentioned, Michael, the bank made a cash profit for the quarter of $2.4 billion, so it's going it's going okay. But profit margins certainly have been squeezed. Mr. Common said the rising interest rate environment would help the bank improve its profit margins. Credit quality remains strong. People are repaying their loans. That's always a really good sign for the economy. Costs for the bank were slightly down, which is better than some of its peers. All in all, a pretty solid result, I'd say. Now, you mentioned the local equity market and yet another big sell-off, Sean. It's a big Groundhog Day, this. The S&P ASX 200 closed down 1.8% yesterday to 6,941 points. That's its lowest finish since January and the first time it's ended under 7,000 points in a session since March. Triggering the fall was figures in the US overnight showing inflation remains a problem in the world's biggest economy. It wasn't pretty especially for tech stocks. The ASX Information Technology Index closed down a massive 8.7%. That's incredible. Led lower by zero, which I'll tell you about in a moment. All 11 sectors went backwards. Only two of the top 25 stocks didn't lose ground. Commonwealth Bank, we've already mentioned, and National Australia Bank. Companies that fell more than 3% included Aristocrat Leisure, Macquarie Group, Woodside Petroleum, REA, Goodman Group. If you look at all of those totally disparate areas of the economy. It was a really broad-based sell-off, and it just doesn't look as if things are going to improve anytime quickly. And and Sean, this might be a little bit of an understatement, but, but it seems that cryptocurrencies aren't enjoying the best of times either. Oh, they've had a horror 36 hours or so. Now, Bitcoin fell as low as $28,000 yesterday before recovering somewhat to trade just under $30,000 a unit. That's US dollars, of course. It's now about one third of its value of late last year. Also, the largest US crypto exchange, something called Coinbase, was sold down ferociously yesterday morning with its share price falling 23% after it warned that trading volumes and monthly transactions were lower than expected. Then Terra USD, which is an algorithmic stablecoin, it's at risk of complete collapse after the breakdown in the price of a crypto token in the same ecosystem. That's Luna. So Luna is tied to Terra USD. Luna collapsed and it looks like that stable coin, that algorithmic stable coin could collapse as well. Now, all of that happened ahead of the launch of Australia's 
first ETFs, so exchange-traded funds, based on Bitcoin and Ethereum. One was on Bitcoin, the other was Ethereum. Talk about bad timing. Now, those ETFs invest directly in cryptos and give investors a relatively simple and potentially cheaper way of investing in those digital currencies. It was certainly an inauspicious opening with low trading volumes in both of them, Mind you, there was little change in value, which given what had happened in the previous 24 hours or so, probably wasn't too bad. And Sean, it's another reminder of why it's so important to get professional advice before making investment decisions. Of course, we love financial planners on Fear and Green. We certainly do. We'll be back in a moment with the rest of the day's business news. Sean, China took centre stage in the election campaign yesterday with its ambassador to Australia saying both sides must uphold the principle of mutual respect and Beijing's actions in the Pacific are of no consequence. Hmm. Scott Morrison, not surprisingly, doesn't agree with the Chinese ambassador to Australia and Beijing's interference in the Indo-Pacific is of great consequence. He said, Mr. Morrison said he supported the Australian national interest, not the Chinese government's view of what national interests are, whether they're in Australia or across the Pacific. This has been a bit of a tricky issue for Anthony Albanese, hasn't it? It has, mostly because the Prime Minister keeps saying that Beijing wants to see a Labor government. There's not a lot of evidence for that, but it's certainly been a good line for the government. Yesterday, Mr Albanese said Australia's relationship with Beijing needs to involve competition without catastrophe. So he kind of had it a bit each way. And Defence Minister Peter Dutton was out and about saying he'd bet his house on Labor forming government with the Greens if a hung parliament was to occur. Yeah, look, some pretty savvy political commentators have been suggesting that the best the coalition is hoping for now is a hung parliament. Mr Dutton, of course, is trying to scare voters away from Labor. Anthony Albanese has actually said he won't do a deal with the Greens. But a Labor win outright, or if the coalition wins a hung parliament, that seems to be the most likely outcomes with just eight days of campaigning left. Even the fact that Mr Dutton is talking that way makes you think that he's probably thinking that way a bit. Certainly some libs are definitely in trouble. And one of those is Treasury Josh Frydenberg, who according to the polls is behind in his seat of Kuyong in Melbourne. That would be a major loss if that happened. Yeah, big upset there. The COVID numbers, Sean, were pretty high again yesterday. Sure were. 16,700 in Western Australia, 14,300 in Victoria, 12,600 in New South Wales, and it went on. There were 55 deaths recorded yesterday. Remember a couple of days ago, we were very excited because there was only three deaths. 55 deaths yesterday, way, way too many. Yeah, yes, indeed. Now, you mentioned earlier tech giant Zero, and it reported record revenue from the year to March 31, but it certainly didn't stop its share price from tumbling 11% yesterday. Zero is a share market darling of COVID times, that big that's become totally friendless. And after yesterday's tumble, its share price is close to half where it started the year. There was strong top-line growth thanks to price rises, subscriber growth and acquisitions, but the group continues to burn through cash, in large part because it's spending on design and development again and sales and marketing. It's happy to forgo short-term profits for long-term profits. That's the theory, at least. Now, Xero's key market is small and medium-sized businesses, and it provides cloud accounting software. 
boss Steve Vamos said the group is investing for future growth, prioritizing new products and partnerships that clearly investors aren't so sure. Sean, I know zero was sold off, but the whole tech sector has performed poorly this year. Oh, yeah. And yesterday would have probably been the worst day of the year, I think. Rising interest rates and the fact that the COVID pandemic brought forward plenty of spending on technology products have combined to really hammer the sector, both here and on Wall Street. Apple's share price yesterday, for example, tumbled 5%. On the local market, online property group REA is the biggest of the tech stocks on the ASX nowadays. It's down 38% this year and only just makes the top 30 stocks. It's number 30. Software group Wise Tech Global was the market darling 18 months ago. It's down 36% this year, including 7% yesterday. Seek fell 5% yesterday, and it's down 29% for the year. It's a long, long way from the glory days of 2020 and even early 2021, when Buy Now, Pay Later Group, Afterpay was a top 15 company. Everyone loved the tech stocks. All right, moving on, Sean, and Tabcorp is no longer. It feels like this needs kind of more fanfare or something for, for something so significant, but Tabcorp will no longer exist. That's it. Well, I mean, it's, it's actually, it's probably got uh, 11 days. I think it's the 24th of May is its final day that it'll trade. Shareholders have voted for the gaming group's demerger plan that will split the group into a lotteries business called the Lottery Corporation, imaginative, and a wagering and media company called New Tabcorp. Equally imaginative, really. <laughs> Shareholders will get one share in each of the companies for every share they hold in Tabcorp. You know what, Sean? I, I've said this before, but I love businesses that tell you exactly <laughs> what they what do, they do yeah. in the name of the company. And the Lottery Corporation just fits that bill perfectly, doesn't it? You're not going to get it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there are reports that National Australia Bank is interested in buying the Suncorp banking business. That's right. Suncorp has hinted that it wants to sell the banking part of the business and keep insurance. It's one of the few companies that still overtly follows a bank assurance model or strategy. All the big banks went into it, but have sort of come out of it again in recent years. But Suncorp has stuck to it. The Financial Review is reporting that National Australia Bank is interested. NAB, of course, is a Melbourne-based bank. Suncorp is Brisbane-based so it makes sense geographically. The news sent Suncorp's share price up more than 1% yesterday. We've just spoken about how poor the market was, so that is a great result. We'll just have to wait and see on this one. And CSL, Sean, has pushed out the timeline for its takeover of Swiss group Viva Pharma. Yes, that $16.4 billion takeover was supposed to be completed by the end of this financial year, but CSL yesterday said the regulatory approval process would take a few more months. There's no doubt the deal will go ahead, though. A couple of other companies are reporting results worth mentioning, Sean. Oil refiner Viva Energy reported higher refining margins and a stronger result for the first four months of the year. Yes, earnings were up 65% compared to a really poor year last year. Remember, the oil refiners were almost going to leave Australia due to poor profitability, but a government package kept some of them here. The result was welcomed by investors, notwithstanding the share price was down slightly. Certainly, it outperformed the rest of the market. The one that did benefit from the Viva result was Ampol, which is one of its major rivals. Its share price rose 1.5% on the Viva result. Both of those are at multi-year highs. And commercial explosives group Orica said revenue was up 25% for the half year to March. Yes, and underlying profits were about two-thirds higher. All this demand from commodities at the moment boosts the need for explosives. Simple as that. Orica's share price jumped 5% yesterday, easily the best of the top 200. And just before we leave corporate land, 
Gourmet foods producer Maggie Beer Holdings warned that profits will fall as a result of supply chain disruptions and trouble in its dairy businesses. Its share price fell 13% yesterday. Wow. Okay, moving on to overseas news and the big news in financial markets over the past 36 hours has been US inflation, which came in at 8.3% annualised last month. The number was lower than March, but not as low as some expected. The big debate is if inflation doesn't start falling soon, how much will the US Federal Reserve have to hike interest rates? The stubbornly high prices forced US President Joe Biden to nominate inflation as his number one domestic priority. Higher interest rates have hit Wall Street, particularly tech stocks this year. We've just been discussing that. Unless there's some improved sentiment, they will continue to weigh on the market. How about this one, Sean? North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has ordered all cities to go into lockdown after announcing the country's first COVID-19 case. Well, it's a first state-sanctioned case, shall we say. It's hard to believe that North Korea hasn't had a COVID case previously. Kim was quoted as saying he had ordered all cities and counties across the country to thoroughly lock down their areas to completely block the transmission of the malicious virus. It's not clear that North Korea has any vaccines and an outbreak could well be devastating given the antiquated health system in the country. Let's hope they're able to keep it under control. And finally, Sean, you know how much I love talking about TV, so I'm very happy that we have an update from the world of streaming. Walt Disney is gaining on Netflix with its Disney Plus service. Yes, Disney added nearly 8 million new subscribers last quarter, just weeks after Netflix said it expected to lose about 2 million subscribers this quarter. Disney now reaches 138 million people, and if you include its other businesses, ESPN Plus and Hulu, it's about 205 million It's not anywhere near Netflix yet. Look, the group's theme park division is also doing really well. Disney's share price hasn't performed so well recently, though. It's down around 40% this year. In researching this story, there was another aspect to it, which I'd sort of heard about but didn't know much about. It's basically Disney's in a spat with the governor of Florida, where its Disney World theme park is located. Florida has introduced a new law restricting discussion of LGBTQ issues in primary schools or elementary schools, as they call them there. Disney CEO Bob Chappick, under some pressure from staff, issued a statement condemning the legislation. In return, the state's Republican governor signed a law revoking Disney's special tax district status around its theme park. It's a real public relations disaster for Disney. Yeah, sure is. All right. Now, up next is the Fear and Greed daily interview. And we mentioned this earlier, Sean, you are speaking with super yacht captain Brendan O'Shaughnessy. Even that is a great title. Imagine being able to tell people you're a super yacht captain. Yeah, from the bridge, we spoke to Brendan. He's actually got a book coming out and it's it's well worth chasing up if you get the opportunity to. It's a great read and it's all about his life as a super yacht captain. And, you know, we sort of, I mean, a lot of it is hard work, but a lot of it is still pretty glamorous. We talked to him about that, the people he has on, the types of people, what they want. And then, as I mentioned before, he goes into the, he's got a great spiel about getting people and kids to think about crewing at these super yachts as a career, which is exactly what he's done. 
Yeah, no, it's a fantastic chat and it's a great book as well. It's an easy title to remember because it's what Brendan is. The title of the book is Super Yacht Captain. Hmm. So, so it certainly stands out. That's up next in the Fear and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Michael. It's Friday the 13th of May 2022. Make sure you're following the podcast and join us online on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook. I'm Michael Thompson and that was Fear and Greed. Have a great day. 